Welcome back to another episode of Artist to Artist presented by Artist Public. Once again, I'm Nick. This is Christian. And please remember, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. It makes us so we are able to put on these podcasts every single week for all of you to get the knowledge, get the connections, and everything you need to grow your career. With that being said, Christian, what's in the news today? I'm taking it back to our NFT discussion that we have on the occasion. Um, uh, This article that came out pretty recently, um, I think it's from Michigan. Uh, It talks about how Calvin Harris, the EDM artist, believes that NFTs can completely revolutionize the music industry, quote unquote. Um, Looks like he has teamed up with a director named Emil Nava on a collection of artwork called Technofish. Um, and it's being auctioned off as an NFT. Um, you know, I think a lot of a lot of people in the music industry have kind of latched on to this idea of non-fungible tokens. Um, I personally think that it's a really cool idea. I just don't know if it's going to take off seriously for at least a few years. I think right now there's a lot of hype around it, but I, I think that's gonna that bubble is gonna pop. Um, I'm curious to know what you think. New graph of Bitcoin. <laughs> it, you know, Bitcoin had this massive explosion and it dropped, it went up and dropped. People were like, people like I in the beginning were like, oh my God, this is going to be the next big thing. Don't get me wrong, could be the next big thing. But let's not throw all of our chickens in, you know, one basket yet. Um, the music industry is very dynamic. You're dealing with art. You're not dealing with, I don't know, things that's not art. You're dealing with, non-tangible products, especially in a world where things are not tangible in the sense of like, think about, think about 10 years ago, Napster. Don't get me wrong. Yes. There's blockchain verifying all this stuff, but you know, art has never been something that has really been I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. And I, and I know I'm going in weird directions with that. I can't really put my mind on the, the answer I'm trying to get to, but it's, it's going to take a lot to be adoptable. Um, I think it's a really cool idea right now. I think it's an awesome way to make some money. I think it's a passive revenue source or an active revenue source for artists um, to diversify their revenue sources, which is greatly needed. Um, I just don't know where it's going to go. Um, you know, like a, a, you kind of can explain it to cryptocurrency where in the sense of like how many cryptocurrencies came out, like when they had the thing four years ago, where it was like the ICO initial coin offerings, billions of dollars were lost in initial coin offerings because everyone thought it was the next big thing. And then it just flattened on his face and you know, it could go somewhere, but just like, you know, how many cryptocurrencies are actually being used besides Bitcoin? You know, I can buy a coffee technically now with Bitcoin, yes, but I can't buy it with Litecoin or any of the other cryptocurrencies yet. And so, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Tell me in the comment sections, maybe I'm wrong. But genuinely, I think that, you know, it it needs a lot more infrastructure and support to really become a thing. Yeah. And, you know, I I think the NFT conversation is a little bit different in that it's it's art that's being bought and sold and I think primarily it's it's more geared towards those who actually have the money to do it. Um, you know, there are different levels in 
the NFT markets with in terms of like pricing structure. Um, but if you want to actually make good money, you as an individual have to have enough inherent value for whatever that NFT art to be worth something. That's why you see, that's why you, you see the only NFTs that are getting a shit ton of money are by people who already have notoriety. You know, it's famous people, celebrities, yeah. people that are generally known by the public. Um, and that, you know, that all trickles down into, you know, the value of whatever this object is. Um, yeah, that's a whole different conversation. So I think we can yes. uh, get started here. Like, uh, it's like clout coin that I've been reading about lately. We can literally just make a value off of a coin off of your cloutness. Yeah. It's all. Yeah. Moving on with our <laughs> guest today. Um, we are bringing on Christy James. 2021 has started out extremely well for Christy, releasing her first course under her business shape music, which is a business created for helping independent artists navigate the music industry. Christy James is a multi-award winning Newcastle singer-songwriter who has been in the music industry most of her life. Recently, Christy has signed with Los Angeles Music Library Sync Stories, concentrating on producing music for TV and film. She has a huge list of accolades from being a 2021 Australian Business of the Year finalist to obtaining the number two spot for iTunes albums in 2014. And the list goes on. So let's bring Christian on to talk about it. Christian, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the first person that we have had on outside of the United States. I think so. Actually, yeah, I think so. I feel very privileged. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank so, you. So yeah, Christian, as always, kick us off with the first question of the day. Awesome. Well, Christy, it's great to meet you again. Thank you for taking time out of your morning to come and hang out with us. Um, <laughs> I always like to start these things off by just kind of having you walk us through how you got to where you're at today, you know, why you do what you do. Um, I think the mm -hmm. audience would love to know uh, who Christy James is. Yeah, sure. Um, well, that's a long story, isn't it? Like the older I get, the longer it gets. <laughs> um, I was kind of just born knowing I wanted to do music. So people say, you know, when did you start? And um, I've just always sang. And when I was like 14, um, I decided to record my first EP. So I had already done heaps and heaps of singing by then. And so, yeah, I started recording when I was 14. Um, and then I started my own business when I was 14 as well, just running school discos. Um, I don't know why they let 14 year olds back then do that kind of stuff, but they did. It's like now to think about it, it's just like ridiculous. But, um, and then as I turned 18, I started, you know, um, playing in bands and playing around town and, had a little break for a while and then got back into um, into the recording world of things. So um, I've done a lot of different things within the music industry, but it's always been within the music industry. Uh, and for maybe the last, God, time goes so fast, I don't even keep count anymore, but um, for about the last 10, 12 years, 12 years, I've been really heavily um into recording and releasing music um now i write more for like sync music so um that's kind of what my husband and i do but um my main focus these days is actually taking my experiences from the music industry which are plenty um and using that to help other artists 
get into the music industry and kind of short track um, their careers so it doesn't take as long as it did for me to actually learn how to get somewhere because when you're in the music industry there is a bit of a formula and if you don't follow that you can go way off track you can waste a lot of money a lot of time experience a lot of heartache so um i just wanted to share my knowledge to just try to help people not go through that same kind of stress and heartache that i did like i could have bought you know two houses by now with the amount of money that i spent (laughs) trying to figure out how do you how do you get people to listen you know how do you get your stuff out to the to the world how do you get people in the industry um to listen so that's that's my passion now which is why i started um what's called shape music so yeah that's the shortened version of my the story short genesis story i love it so, <laughs> yeah. so first thing that i would like to know christian although we have people now from different countries there is one thing that is very similar to many people on the podcast christy started by hosting shows boom everyone starts by hosting <laughs> that is what i've heard so christy i started i hosted my first concert when i was a freshman in high school 15 years old People we had on our podcast this morning started hosting concerts at a like local regional like little like venue hall when he was 16 years old. And you started at 14. Like everyone, there are so many people that I've met in the music industry. And I tell people this all the time. If you want to get involved in the music industry, start by hosting a concert. It's yeah. not that hard. Yeah. You do it. You can get it together. It's a great way to meet artists. It's a great way to see how the industry works. You can make money doing it. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no one questions you if you're bringing them money. Um, I don't know why people let me at 16 years old do half the things that I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It made people money. So people didn't question it. So that's, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that that's my, we need to put that on a sign, Christian, a part of Artist to Artist podcast. <laughs> Get in the music industry, host a concert. Host a host show. Concert. <laughs> it's a bit so, harder with all the restrictions now. <laughs> be very hard, but hopefully we'll be out of it soon. Um, So with that, diving into my first question, which would be, you know, tell us a little bit more about shape. Like what are your like main focuses in like how you help artists? And yeah, yeah, let's, let's start there. So the main focus is more so for people who are obviously independent artists who are either just emerging or have been around for a little bit and they can't seem to understand or get that flow going. So it's really about brand development and teaching people that it's a music business. So when you don't have a brand and you don't treat your your career as, as a music business, um, it's very hard to move forward. So it's really about creating awareness of the, the steps that make a successful artist which again is all of your branding all of your marketing um all of the business side of things having business plans making sure you know you're set up financially and and you know that business side of things as well um but it's also about um like i was saying you know from all of my experiences it's about that process of then going and starting to record. So who who do you kind of trust when you're moving into the industry? Who do you trust to record or produce um, produce your work? And 
from there, what do you do with your product once you've got it? How do you release it out to the world successfully? So it's basically, I like to teach from the very inception through to releasing music successfully and then going and fine tuning that process um, and using it over and over again so that each release is bigger and better. So I hope that um, that makes sense. But yeah, yeah it's basically, fun. yeah, yeah. Well, Christian, I would love, love to pass the the talking stick of awesome awesomeness off to you over here. Yeah, I, I think I think this is really, I mean, everything that you do and everything that we're talking about right now is a lot of what we at Artist Republic try to pride ourselves on as a company is making sure that independent artists can get where they want to go with the least amount of barriers. And I, I think, uh, mm. you know, what you offer helps eliminate so many barriers for artists, you know, um, and it's, it's interesting how available the knowledge is, but how many people mm. don't, don't realize how available yeah. it is. And, uh, and that was actually, sorry to, no, to cut you off there, but, um, in my country especially, and I've been over to the States a lot, and it's quite different over there. Uh, but in Australia, as much as you would think the information and the knowledge is available, it's almost impossible to find. It is really almost impossible to find um, because people don't like to share it that much. You know, they just really like to keep it really close to home. Um, and it's really hard to just figure out the next step because people are just, yeah, just afraid of, you know, not being able to move forward themselves or, yeah, it's just, I just didn't want that any, anymore. Like, I don't know what it's like over there, but, um, but yeah, that's kind of how it is here. <laughs> that may explain why we have so many users joining from Australia. <laughs> Maybe, I think. artist public from Australia. Oh, and and why? Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't mean to um, make us sound terrible. It's not really like that. What I actually think it might be, and it's kind of the same with our music, is I think we're a bit behind in the times. So all of these, the idea and notion of online courses, joining groups that um, that are available from online courses like masterminds and things like that is not popular in Australia at all. In fact, I, I think... I don't know anyone else in the industry kind of doing one of these kind of courses and things that I offer um, in my country. So that's, yeah, that's interesting. Just, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I know so, out, at least, you know, what I see on social media in and around here in the United States, it's like there's people trying to offer this stuff everywhere. Like mm -hmm. the, you got one guy out here trying to sell, trying to sell you on his, uh, course in the music industry and then you got a guy over here trying to sell the same thing which is a little bit different um it's yeah. almost it's almost oversaturated here which I, I find pretty interesting that it's limited out there in australia yeah yeah and uh, and i was really surprised i'm working with a company a marketing company in uh, nashville at the moment and um and that was one of the things that they said it's like we can find you know people doing what you're doing on every corner. I'm like, really? Because <laughs> I I wanted to start something here because we can't we can't find anything. And I'm like, I wish I had known when I was trying to learn <laughs> that somebody was doing it. <laughs> Would have saved me a lot of time um, and and a lot of drama because like I really honestly have gone through 
everything like the the longest possible way but it's it's taught me a lot of lessons so i mean i'm thankful for that but yeah no courses here yeah <laughs> and, you know i think a lot of the resources were created here so like a lot of the independent distributors are in new york city and a lot of their marketing is in new york city and it's in the united states and we went out and we said hey let's go market to nigeria music market is exploding there Let's go market to South America. Let's market to the Eurozone. Let's market to Australia. And it's yeah. doing insanely well. And we sat mm -hmm. back and we're like, because music artists are everywhere. Exactly. And every mm -hmm. independent artist, no matter if you're from Nigeria, Canada, United States, Australia, wherever, you all need the same resources. You all need the same knowledge. And there's just been a lack across the entire industry of just sharing the knowledge because I think traditionally the music industry is shaped on this notion of, I know how to succeed and I'm not going to share it with anybody. Yes. And yeah. It's like, mm -hmm. why? Like, why can't we make a I know. where we yep. all, like, I've always said that, like, if everyone's chasing to get the steak, then no one's going to get it. So why don't we just all share the steak dinner? Share it. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, and that's been my mentality for many years. I've, you know, artists come to me and they'll ask for advice, and I'll just give it straight up. And other people are like, "Why are you doing that?" I'm like, "Why not? Yeah. Why not?" <laughs> you know, so that's just something that I guess is is bred in me, is is built in who I am as a person, is to just kind of help and not not hold things to myself, like. Sometimes I get in trouble for giving away just too much. <laughs> well, like, stop! <laughs> well, you know, I, I find it interesting, this whole topic. Um, you know, we're talking a lot about, and we, we didn't talk a lot about it. I should rephrase that more as like we mentioned it a little bit where, you know, a lot of the time you find a lot of major music companies, organizations, et cetera, are based in the United States. And I think being someone who comes from the United States, we, we as a general population are kind of ethnocentric in a way about the music industry mm -hmm. where we think that like, it's just us Americans in, in on the game, right? We got a couple of those guys who hop over the pond to come over here, but <laughs> there's no, nowhere else. Um, but that's so wrong. And, you know, Artist Republic has proven that time and time again, that yeah, hundreds upon thousands of our artists come from all of these countries that somebody wouldn't immediately go to and say, oh yeah, that's where the music is. Um, mm, you know, yeah. in, in Australia, you know, what, what is something that you notice that's, uh, I guess a little bit more, uh, what am I trying to say here? Like something that's Australia that like you would only be able to find in Australia in terms of like music and artistry. Uh, in terms of music and artistry that you could only find in Australia, you're going to have to give me a little more than that. <laughs> well, so in like in Africa, for example, they have a yep. genre called Afrobeats. Um, and that, okay. yeah. that, that genre has kind of permeated into some of the genres that we start hearing here in America. Mm, okay. Well, I guess the biggest thing like it, it kind of in, in that kind of sense would would actually be our our country music so in Australia in Australia it's really hard for artists like like me because I have a very um, American style country music um, 
genre. That's where my music fits. And I feel like our country music is like 10 years behind. So our country music is literally like bush music. Like, I'm going to go down the street and I'm going to be, you know what I mean? Like, it's very, very Australian. Um, so if you guys came over and listened to our country music, you would probably go back home. <laughs> um, and I love it. It's very, it's, it's just, it's very much our culture. Um, and it's talking about um, things that, you know, a lot of other countries kind of wouldn't have a clue as to what we're talking about. So that's, that's the biggest thing, um, you know, for me, I guess, is that, yeah. Our, our genres of music, like what we call country, is not what you call country. Um, what so we it's call. a different definition. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Probably yeah. with a lot of our genres, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, and it's really yeah. hard to evolve our country past that. Um, and that's something that we've all been working on. And people like Keith, you know, Keith Urban, really help with that. Um, but you'll hear, you'll hear, we've got, um, a lot of like Dan and Shay and a lot of other country acts coming onto our mainstream radio and I'll have people say, oh man, I hate country and Western music. I'm like, firstly, let's cut the Western off it. It's probably why you hate it. Um, and secondly, they're like, oh, we love Dan and Shay. Have you heard their new song? I'm like, yeah, they're country singers. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. You know, so like, it's just this whole, um, it's just this whole not not knowing. You know, it's like right. it's like um, our music world. It's like Australia is just very separated. We're just here by ourselves, and we we don't know. And when new music comes over to us, especially new country music, nobody knows that it's country music. And you know, it's I, really weird. I think that kind of plays back into the whole idea of like information not being shared across the board. You know, yeah. like. Yeah, I, it's not. I have no idea what Australian country music would even sound like. You know, oh. you gave me a brief example, but if yeah, I heard it, I'll have if, to send you something. Yeah, send yeah, us something. Definitely. I would love to hear it. Well, it's also mm. it's also like perfect example in the United States. You have country music, and then you have country music, and yeah. what I mean by that is you have the country music that people in the Northeast, where I'm from, listen to yeah. in their mm. daddy's Jeep on the weekend, going mm. to their yacht. But then you have Texas country music and national yeah. music that is yeah. way more grassroots, actual, mm. like more country, not pop. Yeah. And, and then we and we've got something totally different. Yeah. I don't know what else is. <laughs> and, that's, and that's intriguing. And I also think, and I could be wrong too, I think what I've seen too recently is. In, in the, I don't know, I truly don't know, and this would be really intriguing if it is only a United States thing, this would blow my mind, which is there's a lot of genre crossing in music nowadays. Oh, um, well, that's, and, that's, a, that's actually a really sore subject in Australia. So um, it's, it's really strange uh, because I am pretty genre crossing. So I'm like, uh, kind of like you're, country music like you you know your national country music crossed with that uh, melissa Etheridge, alanis morissette 90s thing so i'm like this whole huge mix-up of, of, of genres i just write what i write basically and i'm like you can you can figure it out but the amount of times you'll hear people say that's not country they can't play here stop playing you that's not country music 
Um, so it's like these people, um, our, our country is so protective of, you know, our genres. Um, it's kind of just starting to now be okay to have that genre crossing. But yeah, if I turned up to like a country music festival um, and did my songs, I had better have some classic country songs in there to tide them over or I'm in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting stuff thrown at me. Yeah, no, it is really intriguing. Yeah. That, definitely, that definitely goes to, you know, kind of talk about knowledge in the music industry. Because um, mm-hmm. it can also play a big part to artists starting out of like, where do I target my music? Exactly, because yeah. You could make music in the United States that's like, no one in the United States loves it, but people in Australia, go for it. They love it. <laughs> okay, people in the United States not like it. And so yeah. even if you're in New York and that's the music you make, then target Australia. But people need to understand like where their music is strong and where target it. And that's a big thing that I talk about um, with Shape is, you know, targeting the right people. Um, I also get the question a lot, you know, am I too old to to be starting a a career? And it's the same thing. There's always going to be somebody that's going to listen to what you do. You just have to find those people. And that's what, you know, finding your target market is all about. And when you understand that, that's when people start to listen because that's the biggest problem that I had coming into the industry. I, um, I was always a singer, you know, I'd spent many, many years and a lot of money trying to be the best singer that I could be. And then I get to this point where I'm like, well, that doesn't help because now I can make sure, you know, I can sing everything. What the hell do I actually sing? Um, and what kind of artist am I? So then I had to transition from singer to artist. And that, that was the hardest thing for me. It's like, okay, well, who's going to listen to what I do? What do I even write? What, what genre am I? That was my biggest, biggest problem that, that I had figuring out. So yeah, target market is a huge thing. And it's something that I talk about quite a lot because there's always somebody there. You just got to find them. And how do you find what genre you are? Right. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's always a good question. I mean, think yeah. about the model that we had in the United States with Old Town Road when it broke the country charts. And then <laughs> it was like, you're not a country song. And then Billy Ray Cyrus comes on and he's like, yes, I am. And then people are like, <laughs> is it not? Who knows? And, you know, yeah. so it's like, how yeah. do you define what genre you are? Yeah. And, and eventually, um, eventually I gave up that war and I put out my music. And I said, you decide. (laughs) (laughs) You want to play it on country radio, play it on country radio. You want to play it on mainstream, you play it over there. I don't give a shit as long as it's kept played. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, yeah, Yeah, that's a big thing. So I want to talk a little bit more about shape and, you know, Mm. what you're doing with that. Mm. I know um, in the form that you filled out, you uh, mentioned a little bit about this free workshop that you're offering. Um, what is that all about? <clears throat> yeah, so um, we're, we're changing up um, some things with the website at the moment, actually. Um, so I've created a free 12-page um, ebook that has basically these steps that we're talking about. Um, you know, the branding, the target market, um, the recording, and then the releasing. Um, and I'm giving that away. So it's completely, completely free um, on my website. And that's just to help people, you know, get started along with the free content that I create on on YouTube as well. So uh, I'm 
literally in the middle of tweaking that website. So that's going to be ready today. Um, but yeah, it's something that I just thought if I had, and, and I do this with all of my content, um, I create it by thinking back to when I was starting out thinking, okay, well, what would I need? What would have I needed to get me to that next step? And then I think if I had this product, if I had this content, could have I moved to the next level? So this ebook is basically everything that you need to get started um, and to move on from there. So um, yeah, and I just wanted to develop that, get it out for people for free, which is on my website, which is shapedmusic.online. And, um, and then I create a heap of free content on YouTube as well. Awesome. Yeah, so if you're listening and you'd like a, uh, we said, 12-page guide on how to navigate the industry, definitely oh. check mm. out, uh, what was the website again? Shape dot... Shape music, shape music.online. Dot online. Shape music yeah. dot online. And I'll put that in the, in the description as well so that people can access it quickly and easily. Yeah, um, yeah. and it's com- completely free. Download straight there. Read it. Do it. Implement it. Get your music out. Buy it. <laughs> <laughs> internalize it internalize yes. it <laughs> i'm literally on the website it's literally a big blue butt a big purple button just click it. <laughs> yeah it's not that hard yeah exactly <laughs> everything you exactly. need to know just click a purple button and get everything mm-hmm. you need to know <laughs> yep yeah i will and be then... appearing in ad content now <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to pay you later <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so yeah, shapemusic.online. Um, and, and I have more resources available from there. Um, so once you get that, that free ebook, um, that'll pop you onto my email list, which I literally weekly send out free content plus, you know, any kind of extra stuff that I think will really help. Um, recently, just two weeks ago, for instance, I released, um, an album, and the dist- um, the distribution house um, completely ruined my pre-order. And uh, long story short, Taylor Swift and Luke Bryan released that week anyway, so I was number three on the charts. But <laughs> but um, so it was just you know um, going through through what had happened there and um, sending you know behind the scenes stuff like that out to my list as well. So yeah, it's just about nurturing people and having somewhere to go because I just didn't have that. That's something that I just didn't have was, was a community, was a network of people to, um, to help me get to where I was going until recently. So, yeah. That's great. And, you know, you, you mentioned a little bit that you were number three on the charts, you know, Mm -hmm. in your, in the form that you sent, uh, you were also number two in the charts at one point. I imagine you're up there in the charts pretty often. Um, what is that um, that like? Yeah, I've got, oh, geez, I think I've got like three number twos, four number threes, you know. Um, it would be great if, you know, Taylor Swift or Keith Urban didn't release the same week I was releasing. How rude. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's really great because what I realized um, from this release, and like I said, my focus is actually on sync music now. So um, that music was recorded mainly for that. And then I just put the music out and I, you know, organized a pre-release, um, uh, like a pre-order so that um, 
my my fan base like my supporters uh would know that that's that album was coming out and so that they could you know buy it pre-order it um and i thought okay well that you know should give me a chance at doing well and getting on the charts and uh i spent 32 days so i had done it six weeks you know prior like you you should give yourself plenty of time i spent 36 days back and forth with the distribution house going why is this not available in australia so anyway there was no pre-order and all i had done was put up three posts on my social media about the album coming out and um and that day it still went to number three so that blew my mind it just shows you know when you've got a loyal support base um and you're always interacting with them and you look after them they look after you so that you know that was a real eye-opener but that that one meant more to me than any of the other charts because i worked really hard you know to to get up into those charts because obviously the charts are based on um how much is sold in in my country that yeah. that week so yeah and that's i mean that's an incredible accomplishment yeah. on your end mm-hmm. um you know and you, you. You, you talk a lot about that you know you're doing a lot of sync music nowadays yeah. um yeah. working so that's primarily like tv film um yeah yeah how how is that going and like what is for you like your process i know there's some artists who might be listening mm-hmm. who would be interested in creating music for sync yeah um see it was something that i didn't even know about until my husband a couple of years ago because he's a musician as well um he's a producer and a couple of years ago we would be like lying in bed watching television he's like we should get your music onto the tv you know like listen to those songs and we were just joking for a while because we didn't really know it was actually a thing and a lot of artists don't realize how many different pockets there are in the music industry that you can make money from yeah. you know and that's something that i will go into um later within shape music is you know having um multiple streams of income it doesn't have to be outside of the music industry either so uh so yeah we decided okay this is this is actually a thing and then we bought an online course um like i said they're actually not that popular in australia people are like what they don't have degrees <laughs> you're doing it online what um so so we we i think that was our first online course we bought actually and i'm like this is really really cool so then um did the course my music that i had already had done um my husband just changed it all around so it was ready for sync um sync licensing and because i'm independent and i own all of my own music so i own the masters that meant that i was able to license them easily so that's another great part of being independent um and then i followed the course the online course and uh that week we were signed with um with a music library in um in la and those guys find placements for us which is um which is fantastic but sorry in regards to your question and my process um I'm not somebody that likes to write often, actually. Um, I like to do so many different things in the industry that if I kind of do the one thing all of the time, I kind of get, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, but, you know, I have, um, I've been lucky enough to win some songwriting awards. So I kind of just try to use that same process that I use for those songs. <laughs> like, That's a winner. Let's do that. But, um, but yeah, mainly, um, mainly i come up with um with a hook 
first. Mm. So it's always like in regards to writing, it's always, okay, I've got like a little hook. Um, that's something that, that I'm good at with songwriting is, is those hooks. Um, and then from there, it's just really about sitting down and get my butt into gear and go and just, you know, finish the song. Other times, if I have things to write about, I can snap out a song really quickly. Um, but you know, I just, all of my stuff, and if you listen to it, is, is quite, um, quite aggressive, <laughs> quite angry. I'm an angry little thing, but it's like, that's not my personality. That's just what I love to write about because I don't actually feel like that. I'm like a really happy person. People don't realize that, but I am. So, um, so yeah, I just, if I've got something to write about, it'll be fast. I sit down, knock it out um, with my guitar or my piano get some words but other times it'll just be okay well I've got this hook I need to write on then I take it to my husband um and we go from there and try to remain married (laughs) (laughs) I I like the last part so yeah (laughs) with that you said that you took your master's and you took it to your husband he did something to prepare it for sync licensing yeah What, what do you actually have to do to prepare a song for sync licensing yeah, that's that's his bag, but let me try to um, remember what he said. <laughs> um, so when you record um, and you go to mixing, they have what are called stems. So each stem is like one stem is your vocals. So that might be, you know, one vocal line. Another stem might be a lead guitar. Another stem might be an acoustic guitar. So what you have to do is get all of those individual stems, the mixed versions, um, and they want those because with the TV and film stuff, they might want your song, but they don't want your voice. Or they might want your song, but they really don't want the electric guitar that's right through it. They want to strip it right back. And then from there, you also have to create alternative versions. So what that means is... I've got my full version of my song, then I've got a stripped back acoustic version of my song, then I've got a holiday mix of my song. You get some little Christmas bells and stick those in there. So, um, so yeah, I don't know if I'm explaining it very well, but it's pretty oh, yeah. in, in depth. In depth, yeah. but um, but they just like to have um, different versions um, and all of the bits and pieces basically that they can use for what they need because it might only be ten seconds. It might even only be the drum beat that they loved of your song that they take, you know, like Jumanji, remember that film where the elephants and stuff are coming in and they got just those drums and stuff like that. Anyway, so it's a lot of fun, but I really just record this, like write the songs and record them and hand them over to him. Oh, and then then they ask you to fill out um, a sheet so they can put all of the information into a system. And TV and films, you know, like Netflix and that, they can type in, okay, well, uh, I want an angry song about, you know, somebody that's had a fight with these kinds of instruments. And then you put all of that metadata in for your songs. The more metadata you've got about the song, the easier it is for them to funnel down and find the songs that they want. It's a lot of work. Yeah. 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 It does seem like yeah. a lot of work. Well, so with that, as we're getting to the close of our podcast, I would like to ask one final question, which is if there was one piece of advice that you would give to any up and coming artist, um, and this is probably great coming from you because you're teaching <laughs> class on this, but if there was one piece of yeah. advice, one, one piece, what would you mm-hmm. tell an upcoming artist? I would tell an upcoming artist 
that it's a long game. If you are not willing to actually put in the work, have this as your business and focus on growing and learning, don't bother. (laughs) Unless you only want to put out music for fun. But if you actually want to be a serious artist, it's a job and you've got to do it well. That would be my advice. It's not, it's not going to happen overnight, you know? Um, Yeah. It's it's very rare. And if it did happen overnight, it's probably going to be a flash in the pan. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, that's my advice. Just go in knowing that you've got work to do and it's consistent and it's like a job. It just happens to be a fun one. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, with that being said, thank you, Christy, so much for coming on the podcast today. It was awesome talking about all of this. I know us, I know our <laughs> I know everyone has gotten so much more knowledge between what Australian country music is, <laughs> how to get stems broken down to get sync licensing. So there's yes. been a lot to learn. I can't thank you enough for everything. And with that being said, if you enjoyed this podcast, please remember, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're getting your podcast, and we will see you next week.
say what you wanna say Cause I'm not gonna 